Thank you for downloading the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director Carrie Williams and writer Katie Davila to discuss their new film, Emergency. Kunle and his best friend Sean are both seniors in college, about to embark on an epic night of spring break parties. Sean has the whole night planned out, including every party they will hit on their legendary tour. Kunle is down, yet mostly concerned with finishing up his mold experiment in his lab, as his acceptance to Princeton is hanging on the results. They return to their apartment to pregame, yet they find their roommate Carlos left the door open. As they enter with trepidation, Sean and Kunle discover a drunk, semi-conscious white female they don't know on the floor, and an oblivious Carlos, who didn't hear the girl come in over the video game blaring in his ears. Kunle wants to call the cops, but Sean vehemently opposes the idea, concerned how it will look when the cops show up. One Latino man, two black men, and a white girl passed out on the floor. Emergency is one of my favorite films so far this year. I saw it about four months ago back in January for Sundance and I had the chance to revisit it for this interview. And it's just an incredible film that somehow strikes a balance between broad comedy and social commentary. It's an incredible film and it's currently available on Amazon Prime. Hope you enjoy the conversation and definitely check out the film. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Um, I have been looking forward to talking to you since January. I was hoping to make this happen because I've had your film swimming around in the back of my head since Sundance. It was um, honestly one of the best films I saw, and I haven't been able to let it go yet, which I've literally seen over 100 films since then. And yet probably once a week, I still think about your film. So it's you've made something really special here. Dude, you. that's great. You hit, you hit me right in the heart so hard with that, dude. Thank you, man. That's that's every artist's like dream, right? Yeah. To like stick in someone's brain. So thank you for saying that, man. I appreciate it. Well, I think the reason that I connected so deeply with this is I'm I'm a genre person. I really like horror films, love comedies, things like that. And the reason that I appreciate genre films is they can often deal with subject matter, headier themes in an indirect way that makes the medicine go down a little bit smoother without being preachy. And it's something you don't see a lot um, to handle this deftly as you did with this film, because it's something that it feels very honest and it resonates with me very deeply because it's something that I've, you know, you're dealing with very, uh, you know, just trauma and these heavy uh, issues, but it's something that it's handled with a light hand at times. And I think anybody that's ever been to a funeral has laughed during that time. And we all handle, um, you know, tragedy, we handle adversity with our humor. And I think blending these two things together with what is ultimately the point of this film and the last moment of this movie, which I think was without giving anything away, was handled so beautifully um, that I, that I think that's why it really resonates. And could you talk a little bit about that balance of uh, social commentary with comedy? Yeah, I think that that was something that was important to us very early on. It was just making sure that, you know, this is a film that was going to be about social issues, obviously. But we wanted to make sure, one, that it was personal and grounded. And, you know, two, that it wasn't going to feel like you're getting beaten over the head with the message. (laughs) You know, it's like we want to... We wanted to make sure that, you know, that we, we really, it was important to us that this movie is for people who've been in this position before, 
who who have been burdened with that that like the necessity to anticipate how you're being perceived at all times and it, it really is a burden like to have to to have to think about like do I look like a threat in this moment? Especially if I'm calling 911, like, am I more afraid of the emergency or am I more afraid of calling 911? Like the, the fact that we live in a society where that's even something that you have to think about. And, you know, like we wanted to talk about that, that absurdity and make sure we're not making light of it, but also make sure that it was going to be a, something that people who've been in that, in that position can laugh at because they're like, yeah, that is absurd. Like it's, you know, Mm-hmm. It's it's messed up. Yeah. yeah. But it's not something it keeps one foot grounded enough that as broad as this film goes, and it goes pretty goddamn broad, yeah. it still it still manages though to feel utterly real and honest to itself. And I think that's what makes the impact not lost here. Uh, because it never really veers too far over and pretty much where the film is headed, it's laid out, you know, really throughout the entire movie, but you're just not paying as much attention to it. Um, you're laying the seeds the entire time, but it's when you watch this a second time, go back to it and watch it again, you can see that where this film is heading, the trajectory of it is laid out pretty much from the opening frames of this movie, but it's just, we're so taken in by these two characters who are just so charming and fun to be around that you couldn't imagine that anything bad is going to happen to them. Yeah, you know, I got to give the kudos to our cast. They they really um, they really nailed like grounding these performances and and you know uh, making them very honest. And for me as a director, I I wanted to have a visual language that felt uh, authored and also like kind of give gave you a sense of like a cohesiveness. You know, because knowing we're going to go from one place, you know, like the college comedy field to like this traumatic sort of, you know, ending like action thriller sort of thing. Um, I wanted to very, very much author the cinematic language that was going to at least make the cohesiveness as we jump through those those genres. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the performances. uh just making them as having them as grounded as they are, I think really helped with that too. Um, so, you know, it was something we we're definitely worried about, you know, and not worried about concerned about, um, you know, making sure, cause we had an hour and a half of trying to do that as opposed to the 11 minutes of the short. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, you know uh, we, we, you know, we just took extra great care. And then in the edit, uh, you know, we had a great editor, this guy, Lam Nguyen, who uh, I'd worked with on a previous film, uh, who really, you know, really took good care with the rhythm of the film to give us the breast yeah. that we needed at certain times that uh, really helped, too. Yeah, I think, like, editors don't get nearly enough credit yeah. for they like they are the final writer of the film. Yeah. And like, you know, I feel like as a writer, I am so grateful to having like having a good editor who completely understands is yeah. so important especially when you're dealing with a tone this you know mm-hmm. this fragile i guess this like the the tightrope walk of this yeah. of this is like lamb had to right yeah, yeah he did walk that tightrope yeah so. well it's it's all those elements have to work in yeah. concert in any right. film but especially in a film yeah. like this because if you overstay your welcome and in any moment in the movie it could really throw off the whole exactly pacing of it if the performances are leaning too far into the broad side of things 
you lose the humanity. If you're far, if you're too pretentious in the performances and you're telegraphing every emotion way too big, then that could be something that also throws it off and you lose the the fun of the movie. And I think absolutely, it, yeah. it's just it, all those things. If you go too far into the the camera work while the film looks good, it's not overly pointing you in any direction. I think that mm-hmm. it, it has a um, almost a neutral observer tone to it where there is a look to the film, but it's not something that's telegraphing everything that you should be feeling in that moment. You're really allowed to connect with these characters as they are, not as you perceive them, if that makes sense. Yeah, and oh yeah. Man. I think like it, in this story too, just because there's like, you know, you, you have, it's a, it's a movie about different points of view, like being tested as they're going through this movie mm-hmm. and you want to be with these characters as they're making the decisions and seeing their reasoning as they're making the decisions that they're making because it's so it can be so easy to if you don't see their reasoning in the moment it. like to be like i don't understand why they did that it's yeah. like well we wanted to make sure that we, you're with them every step of the way yep. so even if you disagree with them or even if in hindsight it looks like they did something bad it's like Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So last week when I went into Bookman's, I picked up a copy of Quick and the Dead, and that had me thinking about films that deserve or have had reevaluation, like Halloween 3 that I mentioned. But I wasn't looking for that film specifically. I was thinking of something a little bit different and just kind of open to a lot of these films, these ideas of films that have aged well, that society has taken or the film going public has taken a second look at, or at the very least, maybe critics have taken a second look at. And so when I walked into Bookman's with that in mind, I went over to the Blu-ray section and I came across a copy of The New World. And if you're not familiar with The New World, this was Terrence Malick's fourth film. He was a director who made um, Badlands in the early 70s, which is a movie about this couple that's on a murderous crime spree and then Days of Heaven, which was about a love triangle between two laborers and a wealthy farmer during the First World War. Both films are absolutely beautiful to look at. In fact, I think Days of Heaven um, was a film that was noted for having been shot entirely at Magic Hour. That's the one hour before sunset when you can just capture incredibly beautiful uh, images. And then after that, he took a 20-year hiatus. uh, And then he came out with The Thin Red Line in 1998, which was nominated for a couple of Academy Awards, including Best Director and Best Adapted Screenplay. But it came out at the same time as Saving Private Ryan and was really overshadowed by Spielberg's film. And these are very different uh, takes on the subject matter. And in fact, The Thin Red Line is one of those ones that didn't sort of capture the culture uh, imagination at the time because of the Spielberg film, but it is something that was well-received by critics and something that has continued, I think, to grow in popularity over the years. Then after that, another seven-year break, and he came out with The New World. So at this point, Terrence Malick had released three films over the course of almost 30 years that were all critically well-received, if not all financial successes. And then it seemed like the new world would be his first chance at making this financial success, stepping into something that was more um, appealing to mass audiences. It starred Colin Farrell and it was a story of Jamestown. But his approach to the film, to the story, was completely different than anything we had seen before. It was 
more akin to an epic poem than it was to a typical narrative. And with that, it was something that was really interesting, but not something that was necessarily digestible to a mainstream audience. The film contains some of the most beautiful images that Malik has ever captured, um, which says a lot because even his misfires that have come later in his career over the last you know 10 years or so, they're always interesting to look at and often quite beautiful. But this film, between the performances, the score, the imagery, it's just, an, for lack of a better word, it's an intoxicating film. It's one of, I think, his best films, if not his best film. It's definitely up there with Days of Heaven, in my opinion, and something that I've come around to more over the last 20 years or so since its initial release. I guess it's been 16 years since its uh, initial release. And really it was because of this Criterion Blu-ray release that came out that I was able to pick up at Bookman's. And it was something that I had seen it on the Criterion streaming service, but it was one that I hadn't actually picked up a physical copy of. One that I had been meaning to grab at some point in time because it's one of those ones that my wife has never seen. I really wanted her to check it out. And it's no longer on the Criterion streaming channel, but it's just a great film. And that's one of the things I love about going into Bookman's. Every time I go in there, I find something unique, interesting, and they always have what I'm looking for, especially when I don't know exactly what I want. I just have this idea of something that I might be interested in, and they nail it every time. So remember, Bookman's, they have your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. Like, you understood their process, mm-hmm. and the how they arrived at this decision and like how those pressures of, I mean, it's funny just because being in an emergency situation, you never know how you're going to react until yeah. you're in one. Like yeah. you can think that you know what you're going to do, but you don't know what you're going to do until you, until you're living it. And this was very, this was very much what that movie's about. Well, and it adds this layer of complexity to it where there's a, that perception side that you're talking about in that emergency where my personal reaction is really just rising to the occasion and doing the right thing in that moment and making sure that Mm -hmm. I'm there and I'm available and I'm moving this forward, but they have to be aware of the danger they could be putting themselves in by rising to that occasion. And that's just something that's so complicated and unfair and unjust. And it's just something that I, I hate that, you know, in my 46 years, I haven't, there's been some movement, but it's not nearly enough at this point and that we're still dealing with this shit at this point. Yeah, it is interesting. Just we, you know, we, we wrote this or I, like I wrote, we made the short back in 2017, 2017, yeah. 2017. And it was when we were, you know, when we were kind of shopping the, the feature script around and when it started, it, we were on the blacklist, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were on the blacklist and people, that's when people like you know, the script kind of got passed around a lot more after we were on the blacklist and people were like, wow, it's so relevant because the protests were happening mm. and when it was like started really going around and we're, they were like, wow, it's so relevant. Did you think of this because of the, <laughs> we were like, no, this is an issue that's been facing both of our communities for yeah. ever yeah. in this country. Like it's this is, new. yeah, this is not a new subject. This is something that like, we wanted to tell a story about, you know, it about how, the culture of fear affects young people and like what growing up it's with pervasive. Yeah, yeah. Growing up with that pervasive 
the culture of fear around like the police, it's like that absurdity is it's, it's damaging. And it's, you know, it it creates so much anxiety and it's like, it's hard to argue that it's unfounded when there, you know, there is a chance of becoming a hashtag, you know, it's something that Sean says in the movie is like, I don't want to be hashtag. It's like, it's one of those things where it's, there's an amount of patience that I think we try to always um, give to people who maybe don't understand somebody else's point of view. But at this point in time, if you can't see this, it's almost like I I don't even know how to talk to somebody who can't see yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, that's yeah. something we talked about, too, is like we didn't want to make a movie that was going to try to teach people things. Yeah. If you don't know that racism is bad at this point, <laughs> we're not going to teach you anything. <laughs> You're not. So we wanted to make a movie for people to have a cathartic experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's... um this really beautiful moment and it's it's the the trauma that you're you explore not without getting to the exact moment of what happens in the end of this film but i was really nervous that this movie had had that had just completely veered off the rails and mm-hmm. i was going to enjoy the movie and still like this but the first time i saw this um I, there was just this, you go an extra beat to really pull this together and make this just an incredible film that i think the reason it's been swimming around in the back of my mind is because of the last frame of this movie. But if you, you could have cut this movie off, I don't know, what is that with a minute and 30 seconds earlier? And it would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's, it, it reminded me of, I don't know if you guys remember the ending of clerks, the original ending of that movie. Um, they, they shoot the protagonist at the end of it. He just dies for no apparent reason. Um, you know, this isn't that ending, but it does have that switch here that happens that it was almost going to head in one direction, but you allow it and have faith in the audience that they understand how important that ending is. And you just talk a little bit about that, trusting your audience, I guess, with, um, an an ambiguous ending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that, that ending felt the most honest especially after what has happened to him, uh, you know, during the course of this night to, to see that he has PTSD, he's going to have PTSD from this, but also to give you a sense of, you know, I think in his face, it says he's going to persevere and he has resilience against this, but his eyes have been open to something. And so it really kind of, I think shows there's, there's, he has changed in this, in this moment. And to, uh, for me, one of the, uh, you, in coupling with that moment is Sean's look at him, mm-hmm. because I feel like it breaks my heart when Sean looks at him, because it's like everything he was doing was in the night was to protect Kunle and out of yeah. love. And then when he sees what has happened to him, you know, when he, you know, Kunle has that reaction, it's like, Sean is like, man. I wanted you, I wanted your eyes to be open, but it breaks my heart that you've lost that innocence. So uh, it just felt the most honest, you know, and I think that uh, we, if we were going to do everything we did in this night, that was that extra thing that we needed to really show people what, uh, where Kunle's, the inkling where Kunle's going to go from this night, you know, on, we couldn't end on him, like, you know, just doing that moment. You know, which is great to give him that agency of what he does, you know, at the door. Mm-hmm. But um, to also, you know, go back to like, yeah, he's a changed man at this point. Yeah, you can never go back. 
Yeah. He's a changed man. And it's, you know, the thing, the question is, is like, is, is that great? Is that good? Because he's going to be able to navigate this world better with his eyes more open. Or is that just tragic? You know, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think like when it's interesting just because, you know, we, it was very important to us that this is, this is like not, I mean, I guess this is a spoiler, but (laughs) this is like not going to be about a, a movie about just like a person gets shot and that's upsetting. Like this is, yeah. this is about, um, this is a movie about like the culture of, of that culture of fear and like what that, that trauma does mm-hmm. like those incidents, like those close calls, those, like those things that like, you might be able to say, Oh, well, nothing happened really. Like, you know, nothing, like nobody died. Mm-hmm. Like, but that, that is still trauma. Like these incidents, especially when they happen when you're young and often they do start happening when you're young, when you're a person of color and you are, you are like that age, you are, you are now considered fair game in the eyes of society. Um, and I, yeah, I think that that's when, when you're dealing with that trauma, it, it just, it changes you forever. Yeah. You carry that with you. Absolutely. And it's something where the stakes and the the outcome is raised to a, a level that is something that is something that would be ignored. This won't even be a footnote in a newspaper. Um, and yeah. if somebody would have, if it would have gone further that way and everybody would have died that night, that may not have even made the paper and been in people's memory. So this is how many stories, how many instances are exactly like this. Yeah. And have we're left, not news. Yeah. yeah. It, it can't even be measured at this point. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. And that's one of the things that I think just why this movie is so, for lack of a better word, haunting. And it's something that just sticks with you for a long time. And anybody that's listening to this, this is literally one of the best films I've seen this year. And I can't imagine that there's going to be um, another 20 movies that come out that knock this out of my immediate memory. So thank you for making this. And congratulations. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Thank you so much. That means so much much to us. Thank you. I can't tell you how much it means to watch it. So yeah, it it goes both ways. So thank you for it. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. Take care. Best of luck, guys. Thank you. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
voice crack. 